this episode of the Capacity Podcast, we join Isaac Colley, the president of the 180DC University of Queensland branch based in Brisbane, Australia. He'll be introducing some of the projects 180DC UQ has been working on and the direction the branch will be heading in the future. He also discusses his leadership philosophy, some tips for aspiring 180DC members, and his experience in the startup space, particularly in collaboration with UQ Ventures. Good morning, good evening, and good night, everybody. I'm Ryan Lee, the host of Capacity, the podcast brought to you by 180 Degrees Consulting in the lead-up to our inaugural 2023 APEC Summit. We are all about helping you unlock your capacity and navigating the recent trends in the APEC region. Today, we have Isaac Colley, the president of the 180DC University of Queensland branch, to tell us more about what they're up to recently. So, hi, Isaac. I know it's a little late in the day for you on a Sunday. How have you been doing? Oh, yeah, I've been uh, doing pretty well. Thank you. Um, excited to be here. Very grateful for the opportunity and um, looking forward to sharing my thoughts. Okay, so maybe we could do a quick introduction. What do you do here in 180DC uh, UQ? What do you study? Yeah, so, well, like you said, Ryan, my name's Isaac. Uh, I'm a going into my third year of a Bachelor of Advanced Business at UQ, and I'm doing two majors, those being finance and business analytics. Um, finance, pretty self-explanatory, and business analytics is mainly looking at um, using AI to tackle big data problems. It's very interesting. Um, yeah. And what do I do at 180DC UQ? As Ryan also mentioned, I'm the president currently, but I've also had experience as the head consulting director, consulting director, team leader, and consultant. And I've been very much thoroughly enjoying my time at 180DC. Otherwise, I wouldn't have become the president. <laughs> but no, it's been, it's been great. Okay, so I guess, what are some interesting projects that 180DC UQ has done over the previous cycle? since you mentioned you were the consulting director. Yeah, so probably perhaps one of the um, most interesting projects I've worked on during my time uh, was 2022, the first half, we had a client handed to us from the GLT, uh, Multiverse, which was very interesting. It was a very unique project. And not only was it one of the first, if not the first for our branch to actually collaborate with another branch, we were collaborating with the Princeton 180 branch in the UK. And the project itself was actually quite unorthodox because rather than um, providing advice to a client on how to do something, they had actually created this framework, uh, this very unique framework to apply to various, I guess, um, not problems, but scenarios, if that kind of makes sense. And because um, I'm not sure how much... I'm allowed to say, but it's, it was very interesting because we actually had to apply that framework and then evaluate that framework. Oh, so it's a, I guess it's a full, it's a full kind of project in the sense that you have to both implement and then afterwards evaluate. Yeah. So well, that's, that's quite different from what the, the other branches are doing, I guess. It's... Yeah. And it was really, 
yeah, it's very much a very, uh, very unique project. Very awesome. Um, it was a lot of fun to work on. Probably one of the, you know, in retrospect, one of the best teams that we've ever assembled. Uh, we kind of like hardcore put in a lot of talent. Uh, but it all kind of paid off in the end. We got some um, really good results. Uh, client was happy with it. So, uh, but yeah, that was, I'd say like off the top of my head, that is the most interesting project. I mean, not even only over the last cycle, probably the most interesting that I have seen so far. Just incredible. Okay. I guess re without revealing too much, right? What were some of the challenges of doing it? Since it is like quite a new thing for 180 DC branches to do, right? Yeah. So, um, some of the biggest challenge I think was that we were collaborating with a branch in the United Kingdom. Um, the time zone differences <laughs> made for some very <laughs> interesting meetings. I, you know, it's either very late or very early. Um, so that was probably like one of the biggest challenges that we had. Uh, we also, I guess, had some internal challenges within the team, uh, one or two consultants, a couple of issues with them, uh, you know, had to deal with that one internally, but otherwise it actually ran very smoothly, all things considered. But yeah, I think, um, biggest challenge was definitely the collaboration across huge time zone differences. Mm. Okay, in that case, kind of, what are some interesting upcoming projects uh, 180DC UQ is working on currently? So, I'm, uh, I don't know too much on the exact details of the upcoming projects. Uh, the project team, so the consulting directors and the head consulting directors are working very hard on that. Um, I think they're almost done, actually, hopefully. <laughs> but... <laughs> I know that one of the big things that we've got in the pipeline at the moment and kind of helps lay the foundations for it last year actually was a collaboration with UQ Ventures. Now, UQ Ventures is run by the university and it pretty much facilitates startups within the university. Mm. And in the past, I noticed that we got a lot, like, I wouldn't say a lot, but a few noticeable projects actually came from startups affiliated with UQ Ventures. So I thought that a good way could be that we could approach UQ Ventures and say, hey, this is 180 degrees consulting. This is what we do. This is how we can help your startups. And so we get a, source, a very steady source of projects and then the startups get our advice for free. So it's really a win-win. Um, so this up, the upcoming cycle is going to be the first one where we have that formal relationship with ventures in place. So we're going to be seeing a few startup projects uh, this upcoming cycle, which is very exciting. Um, working with startups is always really interesting because uh, often the projects themselves end up being quite unorthodox and can't necessarily be solved by a simple structure. And I know consulting is often about structured thinking, but thinking outside the box is always a lot more fun and engaging, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I think it's about the flexibility as well, right? Mm -hmm. Because you, you, you need to be able to deal with all those different problems that startups have and that kind of maybe the traditional big companies that uh, you consult for uh, don't have, I guess. And it's a, it's a whole different space, right? Yeah. And you're also a lot more, I guess, uh, 
personal with the startup uh, founder or the current CEO of the startup because they're often very small teams. So it's not very uncommon for you to be sitting in a meeting right across from the founder. And oftentimes uh, founders, startup founders, they can be very, very ambitious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's always very interesting, I guess, trying to keep their ambitions and their expectations in the back of the mind and also going to yourself, right, is this actually a feasible thing for us to do at this stage? Yeah, fair, fair, definitely. And I guess kind of leading up to the next question, right? Uh, I know you had some experience. I guess you mentioned that you were a consulting director. And if I'm not wrong, um, for, for most of the branches I've talked to, the consulting director is also the one in charge of running training for the new consultants, right? Yes. So interestingly, we have a partnership with Monitor Deloitte and they run what we call Consulting 101 and Consulting 201, which are the introductory workshops for all of our consultants. And so they kind of run through that traditional um, consultant thinking framework structures so actually most of our training is provided by Monitor Deloitte. Um, consulting directors for the UQ branch at least are more just very much focused on the liaison between the team and the client. Um, but generally, you know, if there is a concern with training or anything like that, uh, the consulting CDs might step in to share their experience or how they might tackle the problem. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. That's interesting. Um, Next up, I guess, what is your leadership philosophy for your branch as, you know, the branch president? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, you know, for our branch, uh, you know, uh, speak truthfully, 2022 wasn't uh, too great. We, well, I don't want to say too great. Um, we did pretty well. We got really interesting projects. We did well. I just think uh, we just spent too much money, right? We kind of blew the budget a bit. So for 2023, I, my main goal is internally kind of just rain down the spending a bit, like let's be more reasonable with our events and what we're actually spending our money on. Um, in terms of like the project side philosophy, I want to incorporate more startups into us. I feel like, you know, oftentimes we talk about, oh, we consult for not-for-profits, not for um, non-government organizations, which I love, but I also want to start including startups in that definition because a lot of startups often have that social mission with them. And I think it's a really, really great source of interesting projects. Yeah, I guess that's a, common, that's a common misconception, right? That a lot of people have that, you know, startups are just out to make the most money they can possibly make. Yeah. But I guess you bring into, you know, the, the really, really key point that is a lot of startups are actually solving a social problem. Yeah, it's I, every startup that I've worked with um, so far through 180, they've always had some sort of social mission or social goal. Yeah, so I guess what are some of the social goals or social problems, I guess, in the local area that you hope can be tackled and I guess are being tackled through these startups? So probably the biggest one at the moment is kind of just um, environmental. Generally, uh, we also have in Brisbane, at least a little bit of a housing issue, but I don't haven't seen any startups, at least in my experience, trying to tackle that. Uh, it is a very big and very scary problem to tackle. But in terms of environment, 
Um, that's probably the biggest one. Brisbane itself, we recently had uh, some pretty severe floods last year. And um, we've been flooding a lot more recently. And so there's definitely become a very much increase in environmental awareness and the effects of climate change within, you know, the Brisbaneite population. And so, for example, one startup I worked with uh, back in 2021 was called Environmetrics, and they were very much interested in the Australian mining industry and looking at cutting back carbon emissions and mining wastage and looking at how, you know, mining sites can be rehabilitated in proper ways that actually make sure that the rehabilitation process is carbon neutral and gives back to the environment. What is this? This is an interesting angle I've never thought of, right? You know, like repurposing mining waste and using, and I guess dealing with it responsibly or reusing it for some other purpose. Yeah. So I guess, um, what did like 180 DCUQ help them with? So ours was a pretty standard, uh, quitty cutter market entry strategy because they were pretty much brand new on the chopping block and you know, mining companies and governments were the main client source of clients and they're very big. And so Environmetrics just needed a way to get themselves known, put themselves out there. Um, cause it is very cool stuff, very interesting stuff. And, um, I think if you Google it now, Environmetrics, they're actually doing pretty well for themselves. So I like to think that 180 DC had a, <laughs> a role to play in that. Yeah. I guess at the very start, right. Um, I mean, before you became consulting director and president, of course, like, what was your kind of first step into joining 180DCUQ? Because I, I mean, there's a lot of people around me, they're like, I'm not sure whether I want to be a consultant, you know, there's so many other things I want to do. Why should I join 180DC? And why did you join 180DC, I guess? So before I um, graduated high school, uh, my high school had a lot of opportunities for community service, giving back to the community. Um, I wasn't much of a musician or a sportsman. So I kind of naturally gravitated towards that community service uh, branch of the school because really I had nothing <laughs> better to do. But I kind of found that I really had a passion for that, right? Like giving back in a social way. And one thing I noticed when I went to uni was there's not as many opportunities for that. Like there's still some out there, but they're a lot harder to come by. And it's not like school where it's kind of just put in your face. You know, you have to go out on your own, discover that yourself. And I was walking around on the UQ market day and I come across a stall for 180DC and they're talking about, oh, we have this social mission and we do consulting. I'm like, oh, what's consulting? I get the whole spiel and I'm thinking to myself, I'm studying a business degree. I love, um, you know, all this environmental and social stuff. I may as well give it a crack and join. So that's why I joined. Um, and I think really it's, you know, the motivation is twofold, right? Like the motivation as a business professional to gain more experience because it is really good for gaining more experience and stacking your resume. Um, I often hear from people that my resume looks impressive, even though all I've done is joint 180 DC. So, <laughs> um, and then there is that, you know, social purpose uh, reason for joining. And um, 
you know, feeling like that you're actually being a part of something bigger than yourself, giving back to your local community or even collaborating with other branches to, to help create, um, you know, not just monetary value, right? Not just profits for these other cor- uh, for these organizations that you're working with, but you're also generating environmental and social value, which I think is really important. So I guess you know I think if for people who are like, oh, I don't know what consulting is, I don't know if I want to be a consultant, and it's like, well, my advice would be you know, if you join 180DC, you're not locked into becoming a consultant for your career, right? Right. Like I always say, just take the plunge, see if you enjoy uh, consulting work, see if you enjoy working for these sort of startups, not-for-profits, non-government organizations, stuff like that. Um, Really, yeah, just have a crack, see if you enjoy it, especially if you're studying a professional degree, you know, business, commerce, stuff like that. You'll definitely find that you'll get a lot of experience in not just consulting but also those various different business management or commerce skills that you will be using in your career. That's very useful in that regard too. And even, um, you know, we're always looking for people like engineers too. We even had one student um, last semester who was a consulting director. She was a health science student and she discovered a real passion for consulting even as a health science student, which sounds really odd. But, um, you know, she loved it. And I think it's really important that, you know, no matter your degree as well, that you have a crack because we really enjoy seeing those diverse viewpoints and those differing opinions that you bring to the table as a result. Yeah, I've I've heard about this as well when I was talking to some of the other branch presidents. It was, um, they were trying to, you know, cast a net wide and recruit lots and lots of people. But it's always the it's always the business kids that come and like perhaps some of the stem the stem kids or like the social sciences kids are like you know mm-hmm. it's not related to my degree and i guess that that's just a nice way to you know bust that myth right that the only people that can join are business students yeah yeah it it really is a silly myth um especially because we get pressure from our sponsors as well uh they want to see less business students and more of those engineers or pretty much even humanities students, art students, right? They really love to see those individuals go through 180DC and because they really want those people in consulting roles in their own organizations. So I think it really is a big myth um, that consulting is only for business students because I think that if you just fill a consulting team with everyone of the same opinion, with everyone of the same background, then there's no point for that consulting team to exist, right? They're all just going to parrot the same idea and not create anything that's interesting or unique. But yeah, that's just my little two cents, my ramble on it. Um, If anyone listening isn't a business student and is like, I don't know whether I want to apply or not, and I just say, do it, just do it, right? What's the worst that can happen? Another big thing I guess people are concerned about when applying to like 180DC is just, I guess they're concerned about the bureaucracy of like NGOs, social enterprises, governmental agencies. So I guess with your expertise working on, um, working with so many of these groups, right? Is this true? Are there pros and cons of working with these groups? And 
If so, what is it really like working with these groups? See, if you're joining, right, you don't have to worry about the bureaucracy because that's the job. For, uh-huh. <laughs> that's the job for your team leader and consulting director, right? So you're, you're all good on that front um, if you're just a regular consultant. But I actually find that um, dealing with the bureaucracy isn't something that's too difficult. Um, usually if I'm during my time as head consulting director and consulting director, when we were sourcing clients, most of the times I only had to go through two people to get to my point of contact. So that could have just been sheer luck. Uh, (laughs) but I, have really found the bureaucracy is not that bad, especially once you establish that point of contact with the client, which, uh, would have been established you know, that person of contact would have been established as before the contract was written, before the project brief was written. So as long as that point of contact is there, it's really not that difficult to manage. Okay, now I guess for on the other end, right, kind of what qualities are you looking for student consultants uh, to join the team? Uh, I know you mentioned STEM skills are heavily in demand at the moment. Uh, Any other qualities you're looking for? So I'm going to step away from like academic qualities here and more towards personal qualities. Um, so when I'm at our recruitment sessions and even during our workshops, I like to observe how our consultants act and behave. And I, I always look for people that work well in a team environment. Um, that's probably like the key one. Be willing to step back and let other people say their part as well as speak up for other people who may not have had the opportunity to say their part in a team situation. Being able to facilitate a team environment is very important uh, because you're going to be working in a team, you know, on the UQ scale, we look at a project is about 13 weeks. So if you're going to be in a team for 13 weeks, you need to be able to work well in that team. Um, I also look at enthusiasm and passion. Like if someone is willing to have a crack, I don't care if you're a first year student uh, who just got out of high school, doesn't know anything technically, or you're in your final year. What matters to me is how much you're willing to put your hand up, have a go, uh, get your idea out there, say your part. That is something that I really look forward. And if I see someone giving it their best, being passionate, being a good team player, then in the back of my mind, I'm going, yeah, that that's someone I want as a consultant. Mm, so I guess it's it's about teamwork and enthusiasm above all else. Yeah. Because I guess that's right. Because you know, technical skills can always be trained um, through the training workshops and through the term as, as they gain more experience, right? So it's it's really about the teamwork and enthusiasm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I joined one eighty in my um, first semester of my first year. And I tell you what, that was scary because I was in a team um, and all these people around me, like I had, there were some people in my team who were doing master's degrees, one who was oh, wow. candidate for, in economics. And I was sitting there going, oh my God, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I still felt at the end of that project, I still felt like I contributed to the team um, because, you know, there were some parts of the project that, didn't need a master's degree to do. There were some parts that didn't need a economics uh, PhD candidate to do. So I was able to do those parts and do them well enough um, that I kind of just 
got recognized, made my way up the ranks, and uh, here I am now. Yeah, I guess following from that, right? Um, you know, after what what uh, what do you have after one eighty DC? What what what's after um, uni and I guess one eighty DC in general for you? Where do you want to go after this? Mm-hmm. That question is very difficult for me to answer because <laughs> mainly because I am going into my I've just going into my penultimate year now, um, which means internships for a lot of companies have just opened up to me. So I've been doing career development programs with Ernest and Young um, last year, and I just applied for their vacation year program recently. I think I'm mainly looking at the big four at the moment, trying to wiggle my way into some consulting there. But I'm of the perspective that, you know, I, I try and throw my hat in as many rings as possible, see what sticks. But at the moment, I think the focus is just on the big four, preferably consulting. Preferably. Ah, I see. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> after your, is it three now? Three years in consulting, yeah, you're, been, con- yeah, you're yeah. considering taking it further. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been really, um, really enjoyable. So I, I've, I really want to take it further and see what I can do with it in a professional scenario as a full-time job. Okay, I think we've come to somewhere near the end of the episode. Before we leave, I just want to ask you if you have like a short, maybe one-sentence message you would like to give to our viewers before we end off. So I guess my um, farewell message would be to always try your hand at everything, regardless of whether it's related to 180 DC or not. Always take the opportunities that come your way, especially in 180 DC. Um, I never thought I would be president in just my third year, but here I am now. It's just take opportunities. You can say yes now and you can learn how to do it later. All right. <laughs> okay thanks thanks so much for coming on our show today isaac all right thank you for having me it's been a pleasure to our viewers thanks so much for tuning in um stay tuned in for future episodes with more branch showcases on the capacity podcast once again this has been capacity the 180 dc uh, apex summit podcast unlock your capacity today thanks so much for watching